All right, everybody. Here's Timo. Uh, hi, Timo. How you doing? Hi, great. Thanks. Yeah, and, and uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and uh, where you work and what got you into being an evangelist. I am an innovation evangelist for SAP, and uh, my job involves presenting at around 40 or so conferences a year and a bunch of social media. I'm passionate about uh, innovation, digital transformation, big data, analytics, and uh, my job is to work with leading edge customers and then uh, get the word out. Nice. Awesome. And uh, like what, how did you get into evangelism? Like what, what really, did you kind of naturally get into it or did you kind of, were you always an evangelist in your life? <laughs> no. So my background is in analytics um, around, let's see, 24 years ago, I was the eighth employee of a small startup. Um, that grew to around a billion dollars in revenue nice. and was then acquired by um, SAP. So it's a, a German originally uh, company who deals in enterprise software. And over the years, I've always been, part of my role has always been in getting the message out. I've done lots of different things over the years. Um, for many years, uh, my job was to look at market trends and look at uh, competitors. So spend a lot of time doing training for sales teams, explaining to them the different technologies in the market. But over time, I spent more and more time uh, explaining those technologies to customers. And it eventually turned into a full-time job. And, uh, and actually, just one day, I decided to change my job title. I just went ahead and nobody complained. So that's my job title today. Nice. So what do you find like to be the most challenging part of being an evangelist, like the most difficult? Honestly, it's about really trying to make sure that what, um, what the content, whatever it is, whether it's a presentation or a blog post or a tweet, trying to make sure that it's uh, interesting. That's the, the constant challenge. It's very easy to just create stuff. And there's so much stuff in the world. Um, I don't want to just add more stuff. Uh, I really want to help people understand something in a new way or deal with things in a different way. So uh, I guess that would be it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, it's it's hard to and like, you know, because you're trying to connect with people. Right. And just finding out, like, how do you discover? OK, this how have you learned who your market is? Like, you know, who, who are the people that really are moved by your messages and evangelist? Have you kind of found out who those people are and. And how to uh, get, so that's get... one advantage I have. I've been doing this for yes, almost twenty-five years. So I have um, I, I've worked really closely with uh, the kinds of people doing the things I'm talking about. So I uh, I was originally a practitioner myself. I, I implemented in analytics projects. I worked for Shell, the oil company, for a little while, um, and then I just spend a lot of time talking to people. So I do think I have a fairly good idea of what they're interested in, what they care about, and um, what they don't like about a lot of what people try and tell them. <laughs> right. Like, what do you find that? Is it like the salesy, you know, like not being too salesy, kind of more information? Uh, so what drives me nuts is the this notion of um, that's just marketing, <laughs> you know, this notion of, no, no, I want real content, not just marketing. And that right. drives me nuts because ultimately 
marketing is supposed to be something that helps people buy and choose and, and get interested in a product. Marketing, it's not marketing content if it's turning people off. Right. So it's lots, it's bad marketing. And there's a sadly lots and lots of bad marketing content out there that's uh, giving content a bad name. In fact, content is a bad term, but just people are really interested in uh, technology and innovation and right. they're trying to understand how to apply that to their world. Most of what I do is about technology adoption. So right. it's about understanding the technology, but really how can I use that technology to do something different in my organization? What are the blocking points? What are the, the real world experiences of other companies? And I try to make sure that it's not just happy talk. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> people don't want happy talk. They want to hear reality. They want to hear steps towards you know what they can actually do better. Um, but what's and all? Right. Yeah. And, and how have you how have you found like ways to automate kind of some of the the marketing that you do, like the content? You know how people use social engagement and stuff. Is there any cool tools or things that you found to help automate that process? Because it could be crazy reading all those tweets and all that stuff <laughs> in your market. You, you know what? I'm not much into sort of in general i'm not into just hacks and things okay. i don't use very much at all i use you know default tweet deck and default nice. twitter i don't have any special lists i don't have any tools that help me uh, sort through tweets um i really just try and focus on what i what i call uh, roi or return on interest in, yeah that's uh, right at the end of the day, I really I don't follow that many people on Twitter and the people I do follow. I focus on them because I find that they tweet interesting things. Right. Um, that's the only reason I follow them. You know, I, I haven't tried to go out and follow 10,000 people knowing that I'd get, you know, X number of followers back. Right. I don't concentrate on any metrics. The only metric I really care about is when I do a presentation, I, I look at the numbers for whether people enjoyed the presentation okay. and whether it was useful for them. And then otherwise, I tend to use uh, more subjective metrics, which is um, when I go to a conference, people often come up and say, hey, thank you, Timo, I enjoyed the presentation or I found your blog really useful. That actually counts more to me than the number of people going to the blog. Right, right. Um, so I don't use tweets to, I don't use any tools to optimize the social metrics because I just don't believe very much in those metrics. Gotcha. The biggest metric I have is being invited back to places. It's as simple as That's that. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Return on uh, re-invite. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah good. No, so, I mean, it's ultimately, you, you get re-invited if you've done a good job the first time. That's right. Um, and uh, there are times where, for whatever reason, I didn't do a great presentation, I've regretted it, and it took me a while to get invited back. So I think people, I think people know ultimately if you provide value or not. It's really, really hard to measure. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is move a needle inside somebody's head. Right. You're trying to help them see things in a different way or inspire them or help them with their jobs. And that's really, really hard to measure. So all of the tools that people are using to optimize other measures, I'm just not a big believer in them. Right. So what like, uh, and it's totally true. I mean, uh, you can't fake engagement, right? Interest. <laughs> you can't fake it. People are either going to be interested yeah. or not going to be interested. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are people who do a much better job and have way more Twitter followers than me. <laughs> um, 
but I, yes, I just, I, I have in mind the people that I think I could be of interest to, and I try and focus on what people, that, what those people are interested in. Right. In fact, and then I actively resist being dragged away too far. So, for example, as part of my role, I often get asked to, hey, can you retweet this or can you write a blog on this? Right. And sometimes I get like halfway through it, and I realize, you know what? I'm not interested in yeah, this. Exactly. Why on earth would I? <laughs> inflict something that I'm not interested in right. on somebody else. And yet, when you think about it, I read so many blogs that were clearly written by people who were told to write the blog. Yeah. You yep. know, simply corporate or enterprisey blogs. They're just, they're not written by somebody who's actually interested in what they have to say. And, you know, there are fairly low limits on what they can therefore do. Right. Like the passion, right? It's like having a passion for what you're writing about. It's, you can't fake uh, interest. You got to... Absolutely. Yeah. So what's yeah. your, like, what's an average day for you look like? Like, what, what do you, you know, how does it start and how do you structure your day? So for me, actually, there tend to be two different seasons. First of all, there are two big conference seasons in the spring and the autumn. So February through to late June, early July, and from uh, September through to late November, early December. Nobody really organizes conferences outside those time periods, right? right. You, you, nobody wants to put it on a Christmas over the holiday <laughs> period in the middle of winter or when people are on the beaches. Um, the only exceptions are in Australia where they, they still have conferences in uh, August. So during conference season, I'm on the road. So I right. spend, um, so I have typically one or two conferences a week. And so I'm often gone from sort of Monday till Thursday or Monday till Friday uh, somewhere. I presented in, I worked out the other day, 40 different countries oh, over wow. the last few years. Um, so and I have a worldwide role. So that's, um, that all my time is just spent getting ready for the conference, working on the presentation, uh, tweeting and writing blogs about the event and getting ready for the next event. It, it just gets really hectic. And then outside of conference seasons is where I get a chance to uh, regroup and get, catch up with reading, catch up with email, right. and prepare for the next uh, conference. Yeah. No. Uh, and then catch up on social media. Right. So, well, like, okay, so you're, I, I know what you're feeling. Like, when you're in this, how do you kind of, you know, it can be hectic, hour, like 10-hour days, sometimes more. And, and uh, how do you kind of, regroup and kind of stay motivated and passionate during those busy times actually the motivation is easy then because yeah. there's always another deadline <laughs> right. and um, i always get motivated by being at conferences because i get to, to talk to people who are actually doing this out in the field the time where i actually get less motivated is when it's the downtime right because then it's very easy because social media is such a bubble and there's so much you know <laughs> So insular, you can end up just reading the same things, retweeted by the same people. Uh, so I actually really like it when I get to talk to people, whether it's over coffee or organize meetings with customers, because that's when I actually learn something. And that's what motivates me. All right. So what, uh, like, if, if you just could do, if you had just one tool to use that you find like this is critical to you're doing what you do, what do you think that tool is? Like, what's that number one tool that's very helpful that without it, you know, you'd be hard to kind of stays in advance. <laughs> well, for me, I know people hate it, but I guess it would be PowerPoint just because. Yeah, no, just, hey, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. I do lots and lots of presentations and I'm a big believer in using images to uh, back up what you're saying. Right. So the, 
uh, you know, lots of people hate PowerPoint, you know, PowerPoint overload is a huge thing. But um, that's just, again, it's badly used PowerPoint from my point yeah. of view. I tend to use lots of slides, but just have an image or two on each slide and just try and keep the pace up and try and make it interesting. So uh, I guess that would be, if I had to pick one, I guess it would be PowerPoint. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And what, like for traveling, do you find like a good website that you use to book hotels or flights? Like what do you find really useful when you're out traveling and hitting these different places? Um, so I, uh, like most people, I, I, I tend to use TripAdvisor to check out which hotels are most uh, closest to conference centers. Um, I guess, you know, it'd be Google, Google Maps. Um, so I, I don't have much time when I'm traveling, but <laughs> right. I always try and spend a little bit of time getting to see the wherever I am. Right. And so often that's the form of a, an early morning run. And so Google Maps is essential to figure out my running route to somewhere like a local park right. uh, or along a river or something. Where's like the craziest place you've been like that you, you thought I, I never would have expected to be here doing a presentation or talking to people? Anywhere you oh, think wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, no, I mean, it's been wonderful. I've got to travel to so many great locations. Um, any, any that would be like, you know, you're thinking, hey, I can't believe that, that, that you know, I'm doing a presentation here either because it's so cool or because you're just in the middle of nowhere or, or uh, you know, there's no technology there and you're like, this is crazy. Anywhere like that, or no, the, the ones that that just uh, stick it stick them in memory are ones where I've just had some like really fun sport experience okay. along with it. So you know, a conference in Johannesburg, I got to go rock climbing in this great location, or uh, Dubai, I got to go uh, sandboarding down oh, the cool. or. Um, uh, in indoor skydiving in Vegas, you know, th that's the kind of thing that I try and find yeah. uh, while I'm at a location. Awesome. Well, if you had like uh, three pieces of advice, let's say, you know, this is the someone who is either is going to become an evangelist or who is an evangelist, like something that's, you know, these three things are really critical that you remember that you learn or get better at. What are those three pieces of advice? So the first is, as we said, passion. Right? Right. You have to be passionate about a subject and you have to maintain that passion because sometimes I do find, sometimes things get boring. Like I've been doing analytics more or less for the last 25 years and there were periods where it kind of just settled down and got a bit stable. Um, we knew how to do things. Thankfully, there's been an explosion of new technology and it got really interesting again. Yeah. And so there's lots of passionate, I can be passionate because there's so much more to learn. Um, so that would be the key one. And if you're not passionate to the point where you'd want to do this as a hobby, then just there's no way you should be doing it for a living. Right, right. Um, so that's the key one. The second one would be practice. Um, I've done hundreds of presentations over the years, but I know I could still get better. And uh, I should practice more before every presentation. And I try and practice uh, new ways of communicating. Uh, so, for example, uh, I, there's not a huge amount of humor in the IT industry. There's not enough. So uh, one of the things I try and do is introduce the, the lighter side of things. Try and use humor to make serious points. So, for example, on my website, I have a bunch of analytic uh, cartoons that I ended up drawing. And they've turned up in... 
all over from sort of university courses or the other day somebody uh, called, called from the World Bank website. They wanted to use one of my <laughs> cartoons great. in a blog post. Um, so that that took practice. You know, I started off as a as a really bad cartoonist, and now I'm just a mediocre cartoonist. <laughs> um, but that's you know practice. Practice makes perfect. That would be the, the second one. Right. The third one, then let's stick with a P theme. So maybe uh, patience. <laughs> okay. um, I think when I talk to people who say, "Hey, Timo, I'd like to be an evangelist," and the, you know, how do I get the job title? And it's just like, well, it doesn't really work that way. You have to be an evangelist first for quite a while right. before you could ever hope to get anybody to pay you to do it. Um, so it takes patience. You need to go and be an evangelist. Just go out and start reading. First of all, read a lot. Really understand where other people are coming from in your industry. Um, you have to talk to real practitioners of what it is, whatever it is you're evangelizing. Uh, ideally, do it yourself. Um, and then just it takes time, you know, to, to build up a solid following on your blog or Twitter or uh, have enough people that organize conferences know who you are so that you get right. invited. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody tells me that writing a book is a great shortcut to all that. If you write a great book, then that's one way to accelerate that process. Sadly, um, I have not had the patience to sit down and do that just yet. Right. I'm going to write the book on life, you know, so people can ask me about life. <laughs> he wrote the book on life. No. Yeah, that's cool. So tell us a little bit about like some upcoming things you're doing and uh, how people can get a hold of you and read more about what you're doing and follow you, stuff like that. So I'm getting ready for a whole set of conferences over the over the next few months. So um, if if anybody out there is in, let's see, South Africa, <laughs> Belgium, uh, or Stockholm over the next few months, then uh, and you are interested in digital transformation or um, how 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 best to help your company get the most out of the information you have internally, um, then I'd love to uh, love you to have you come to one of my conferences. I'll be posting soon. Uh, to my blog on timoelliot.com, okay. uh, two L's, two T's, uh, a list of the conferences that I have, uh, I'll be going to over the next few months. Yeah. And uh, again, if you're interested in cartoons, then come take a look at the website. <laughs> right. That's cool, man. I didn't know that you drew them. So that's that's really neat. And then uh, we'll put this on the website. So uh, at evangelist.club so that you people can get links to things we've talked about. But I uh, really appreciate your time. And Thank you so much for this interview and have a wonderful season. Well, thank you. Great questions.